Welcome, or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Rootspace Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. And today, I'm putting on my other cap. I'm putting on my other cap. Usually, 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 it's this is what Brennan Davis did, this is what the Smokies did, this is what the Myrtle Beach Pelicans did, Iowa, Tennessee, South Bend, Myrtle Beach, across the line, across the line. How did uh, Mesa do? How did the Dominican Cubs do? Possibly a little bit of who should the Cubs take in the 2022 draft. Stuff like that. That's my usual hat. Today, I'm putting on my other hat. My other hat, which... Frankly, I'm not sure if I like wearing it or not. I'm not sure. But occasionally, if you're going to do the fun stuff, the talking about Riley Martin's debut, if you're going to do the fun stuff, like talking about the players that are coming up, the players that were traded for, discussing the trades as they're happening. If you're going to do the fun stuff, you've also got to do the rubbish. You've got to take out the trash. You've got to take out the trash. You've got to do the necessary stuff. And occasionally there's a story that isn't necessarily fun but kind of has to be talked about to retain your integrity. Whether I have any integrity or not, (laughs) I don't know. That's up to you guys. Uh, You guys decide that. I don't. Um, I try to call things as I see them. I try to limit my mistakes. But occasionally there's a story that comes along It's about integrity, not fun. And it has to be talked about. Today, the Major League... Today, Major League Baseball... I was going to say the Major League Baseball Players Association, not the Major League... When it is the Major League Baseball Players Association, then you put the the in front of it. When it's Major League Baseball, there's no the in front of it. Sometimes I accidentally throw it in there. Major League Baseball came out with a plan, which is horseshit. It's horseshit. That's what it is. Uh, I, I, I like to use hogwash. I like to use cat piss. This is horseshit. This is absolute horseshit. I, I'm sorry if you've never heard people swear before, but today for this podcast, it's what applies. It's horseshit. A number of years back, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there, I think it was late 2017. It could have been very, 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 very early 2018. It was right around in there. And I haven't found I haven't found someone who um who's on the same wavelength that will run numbers, and I'm not going to run numbers on it. Before 27, 2018, somewhere in there, somewhere in there, somewhere in there, 
late 2017, early 2018. When a team went over the limit. <laughs> NBA. NBA games. You get four free fouls. You get four free fouls. Once you get once you take the fifth one, the other team goes to the line automatically. Doesn't matter. Loose ball foul. Uh reaching out, uh reaching in twenty-five feet from the hoop. If you're over the limit, there's a penalty. There's a punishment. You go over the limit, there is a punishment. For a long time in Major League Baseball, the punishment for going over was a small cash fine. A small cash fine. You ever have a um, like an overdue library book? I, I, if the concept of overdue library book rings any bells with you, you know, maybe it was, uh, depending upon when it was, maybe it was a 10 cent fine a day, maybe it was a 50 cent fine a day, whatever it was, depending upon. Yeah, you'd have to pay the fine. You'd have to pay the fine because you violated protocol. It'd suck. It'd suck to have to pay like 30 cents extra for returning a book. It'd suck. But you know what? For most people, 30 cents or what buck 20 what whatever the fine was is an inconvenience and you know what else having a good library system is probably worth 30 cent fine every couple of years fines of inconvenience are just that and for what the punishment was for years and years and years and years and years and years. You know, oh, there's been a salary limit. There's been penalties. There's been punishments for a long time in baseball. What are you talking about 2017, 2018? There's been way back to 2000. This is my hand doing the uh, um, Muppets thing. Until 2017, 2018, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Because what would end up happening was the owner would tell the GM, this is coming out of your budget. This is coming out of your budget. You're allowed to spend X number of dollars. If you go over said limit, you'll get paid and it's coming out of your budget. It's coming out of your budget and have a nice day. You know, have a Chablis or a uh, uh, single malt scotch or whatever. Have a great day. You know, we, we paid the fine. We're over it. No, no, no worries at all. Nothing. To, to have a great day. You paid the fine. We're good. No worries. This isn't that spot in the movie where the... Male lead and the female lead have irreparable differences and they're never going to talk to each other again and there's no way the movie's going to be able to progress from this and then all of a sudden, magically, okay, they're fine. Back before 2017 or 2018, you pay a fee. You pay a fine. Okay, here's a little bit extra. Okay, fine, we're good. $2.3 million, here you go, we're good. No no problem, fine, we're good, we're good. No, really, we're good. Round about 2017, 2018, 
the teams that never paid the fine. The teams that very, very rarely paid the fine. They kind of formed a block. Not a block is. In Major League Baseball, when decisions are made, owners have to vote 23 to 7 or more to change the rules. 23 to 7 or more to change the rules. So let's say you have 14 teams that want to do something. Hey, we should do this thing. We should do this thing. And the 14 of us really agree. So what? Who cares? No, nobody cares. There's 14 of you. It takes 23 to change. It takes 23 to change anything. They could go out and they could wrangle and they could argue and they could deal make and they could do. They're not going it, to. It's not going to matter. It's not going to matter because they need 23. They need 23 to change things. But at some point, the teams that were not paying the fines, the teams that were not paying the fines say, you know what? This concept of them just paying a library fee for going over the limit, we've got to put some teeth into these laws. These rules, these MLB rules, we have to ratchet up the penalties. They're having to pay money. Do you think it really bothers the New York Yankees? Here you go. Here's some money. The Los Angeles Dodgers. Their payroll this year is what? 200, uh, 270? Is it 300,000, 300 million? I, I don't know. It's, I have no problem with what they're paying. I have no problem with what the Dodgers are paying. They're trying to win a title. They're trying to win a damn title. It's what good teams do. You try to win a damn title. If you're a good team, there are kind of little corners you can, yeah, you, you cross it. You try to win the damn title. That's what the Dodgers are trying to do. But teams like Oakland, Tampa, St. Louis, Milwaukee, they're really not interested in the Dodgers trying to buy a title. They're not. They're not. Now, should I be offended? That Really, it's immaterial. But the Dodgers are trying to win a damn title. They're down a couple of pitchers. Let's go out and sign Cole Hamels. Oops, he got hurt before he started a game. Well, let's go find somebody else. And if that doesn't work, we'll go find somebody else. And then we'll go find somebody else. We will continue to try to win a damn title. Because that's what a good team is supposed to try to do. In 2016, the Cubs, hey, we have a pretty darn good team. But you know what? Our bullpen, not reliable yet. Not reliable yet. And if anything happens to any of our relievers, we're really not reliable in the bullpen. We might need some relievers in October or November. So Cubs went out and they did what they did. They won a damn title. Teams that don't want to spend. Owners that don't want to spend. 
can get vindictive. You ever met somebody who's vindictive? It's not even so much they're uh, disagreeable. They like to see you hurt. They like to see the pain in your eyes. They like to see the pain in your eyes. They like you to hurt. And to an extent, that's where the small market owners got to. The big money teams, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox. All of a sudden, the small market teams formed a 23-team block. It might not be 23. It might be 24. It might be 25. Heck, it might even be 26. Really, it might even be 26. It might even have a team like the Giants, who might even be going over the limit once in a while, but they don't want the Dodgers to get all the everythings. So a number of teams have formed a block. And what they want to do is make teams that are trying to win a damn title. Pay for it. Make the teams that are trying to win a damn title. Make them pay for it. No, no, no. Not, not with cash. The Dodgers don't care. The Yankees don't care. What the Dodgers and the Yankees don't want to do is lose draft choices. Is lose international spending money. Because if you start losing draft choices and you start losing international spending money, then you start losing future talent. And future talent is what wins a damn title. The Dodgers have had a long succession. They have for an incredibly long time. I don't know how long. I don't know how long. But it seems like for the last five or six or seven or eight years, the Dodgers pipeline has been one, two, three, four, or five. Every year, every oh, they got this guy coming up. You won't believe this guy they got coming up. They got this guy coming up. There's this guy, they got him coming up. Then there's this other guy, they, they got him coming up. But everybody, the Dodgers had incredible depth in their pipeline. And what they did which was stinking brilliant, was they didn't make it a point to trade them away. They kept developing their talent. They kept bringing up players. Clayton Kershaw, then uh, Walker Bueller, Dustin May. They just keep bringing up players, not just pitchers. not just, then, then they go out and pick up off the scrap heap, Max Muncy. Then three or four months later, he's an all-star type player. Max Muncy. Anybody could have had him. Nobody wanted him. Here, you can have him on waivers. Nah, we don't want him on waivers. Oh, okay, we, we'll, we'll release him. You mean send him down minor league? No, 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 we're going to release him. Oh, okay, so anybody can have him? Yeah, basically, we don't want him. Hmm. Then the Dodgers sign him. Minor league deal. 
send him to, send him to minor league camp. Suddenly, Max Muncy is, is an all-star. The Dodgers do everything well. They international well. They draft well. They find guys off the street well. They um, minor league free agent very well. They... Uh, um, They, they are incredibly good at locating players who are about to have breakouts, about to be pop-up guys. Guys from college who, well, he's an outfielder. Well, we're going to announce him as an outfielder, but really he's a pitcher. He's never pitched before. Exactly. His arm isn't ruined. He had a really strong arm in right field. We're going to teach him how to pitch. You can't teach him how to pitch. Just hang on. Hang on, he'll be at an advanced day in about a year. And sure as heck, there he is. There he is. Guy that, where'd you guys get this guy? Well, he's, you know, some, whichever school it is. Well, he, he wasn't a pitcher there. I know, I know. We just knew that he was going to be a pitcher, not an outfielder. But how'd you know that? Because we're fucking smart. The Dodgers forever. The Dodgers had a fantastic pipeline in the 70s. And I possibly in the 80s or 90s, it might have lapsed a little bit. But for a long time, they have had a fantastic pipeline. And ever since I've started paying back attention to lists, their pipeline has been really... Right now, their pipeline is 15th or 16th, something like that on Fangraph, some, somewhere around there. Largely because they've done a whole lot of trades. Because last year and this year, they actually chased. They didn't chase in 2016. They didn't chase in 2017. They chased a bit in 2017, getting Darvish. 2018, they really didn't chase. But they, they haven't done a whole lot of chasing, like the Cubs did. Chasing to get um, Chapman and Quintana. The, the Dodgers generally just played things out, and this is our squad. We're better than you are, and we'll kick your butt. And usually they would. And then they'd get to a point somewhere along the line, and they would get eliminated. But they were a really good team, and they had a really good pipeline. So um, teams started to realize, you know what? Having an amazingly good, amazingly deep, pipeline year after year after year after year, that kind of seems a good thing, which, you know, really shouldn't have taken that long to realize, but it took me quite a while to realize um, how important it was and how, uh, how to phrase it. There isn't a way to have a good pipeline. You know, it's not like, ah, uh, well, if you eat properly and uh, exercise a bunch and, you know, all this kind of thing and get a good night's sleep and all that kind of stuff, then you should be, you know, kind of in decent shape, kind of healthy, whatever. With, with, with developing a minor league pipeline, it's, um, it's kind of different than that. You have to try things that don't make sense. And test to see if the things that don't make sense actually do kind of make sense. It's just that nobody else has figured out that they make any sense or not. I don't know if that makes any sense to you, 
But sometimes you have to do some stuff. I don't know. Is this going to work or not? We we better try it out because somebody else is going to try it. If somebody else tries it and we don't, then we're behind. And we don't want to be behind. We want to be ahead. So uh, teams started to realize how incredibly important putting together a pipeline was. And the way you put together a pipeline to a very large extent, not exclusively, but to a very large extent, is hitting in the draft and hitting in international free agency. What the smaller market teams have decided to do, starting in about 2017 or 2018, they decided we're going to start punishing teams who go over limits by stealing draft choices and stealing international spending. Stealing international spending and stealing draft choices. Because if we steal international signing space and we steal draft picks, then possibly, maybe, just perhaps, maybe we can start to catch up. And if we start to catch up, then the other teams who are evil, rotten, horrible, trying to win a damn title people, which, you know, can't do that, much, it, it's much better for owners to uh, pass more punishments to punish teams that are trying to win a damn title instead of trying to outcompete them. So, okay, the Yankees have a whole bunch of minor league teams. This is horrible. This is terrible. Let's eliminate the minor leagues. Let's eliminate everything except the... Um, the compound leagues and the full season league teams. Eliminate them. Gone. But I kind of like it. Oh, we have to do this because otherwise the Yankees and the Dodgers will continue to crush us. Because after all, they have money. They can go out and spend. They can have the extra team. They can, okay, you win, you win. We'll get rid of the darn teams. We don't really care. So they get rid of the darn teams. Now, all of a sudden, the Yankees and the Dodgers can only have 180 prospects. True, the same applies for Tampa Bay and Kansas City and Baltimore and other teams that are trying to, but they decide, okay, to punish the teams that are actually good at stuff, we better make sure we're punishing the Dodgers and the Yankees. So they're punishing the Dodgers and the Yankees. Everybody else has a crappy system, too, now, but hey. Um, it's not enough. We've stolen draft choices and international spending. Hmm. We've eliminated leagues, eliminated roster spots. Still not enough. Dodgers. The Dodgers are actually spending money. How horrible is that? The Dodgers are actually spending money trying to, get this, improve their team so they can win a damn title. How horrible is that? that? That's exactly what they're supposed to be doing. But the block of 23 or 24 or 25, however many teams this, by, by this point, Tom Ricketts might have even joined the block of however many teams it is because 
well, Tom Rinkins doesn't want to spend any more money on his roster than he absolutely has to. Today, it broke. Major League Baseball sent to the MLB Players Association an idea. There's a whole lot of writers that are saying, hey, this is a really good idea. And the writers that are saying, hey, this is a really good idea, delete following them on Twitter. Stop following them on Twitter. Do not encourage their stupidity. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. The owners are passing out as they're dumb ideas. There are a lot of dumb ideas out there. Dumb ideas are fine. You know, you, you know okay, that's a dumb idea. But, you know, it's not going to hurt anybody. It's not going to hurt anything. Da, da, da. What's frustrating isn't dumb ideas. There are dumb ideas all over. What's frustrating is the illogical counterproductive idea. Illogical counterproductive. Owners are saying they are willing to have a $100,000 salary floor for every Major League Baseball team. That part, I'm not going to argue with. A $100,000 annual salary floor, I'm not going to argue with that. The problem is there's three three hooks in this. I'm good with the first one. The $100 million a year salary floor, I'm actually good with that. And there's two other parts to it, though. Neither of them are any good. Uh, second part is the punishment level. I, I'm calling it what it is. It's the punishment level. The punishment level, which had been at what, 2008, 2010 before? If you go over the, the, then you start to, you know, the bad things happen. It had been 2008 or 2010 million or whatever. Screw that. It's 180 now. 180? How did it get from 110 to, or two, 210 to 180? Well, all it took was Rob Manford putting out a note. 180. How are they? What? How we got? Uh, uh, exactly. One hundred eight. It soaked the rich. It's absolutely soaked the rich. Every team that's never going to go over two hundred. Uh, that's never going to go over one hundred eighty million dollars anyway. Hey, this is cake. This is cake. We weren't going over 180 million. Anyway, let's vote for this. Let's vote for this. It's stupid as hell, but let's vote for it because it's going to benefit us. See how it works. It's going to benefit us. We weren't going to go that high. We weren't going to go that high this year, next year. Da, da, da. Maybe, maybe, maybe once in a while we might go 180, a little tiny bit over, but we're not going to go over it. If the owners refuse to go over 210, 
the Yankees, the New York Yankees. Didn't want to go over 210. So they gave away better prospects to get Anthony Rizzo when the Cubs said, we will pay his salary for the year. The New York Mets did basically the same thing with Javier Baez. The Oakland A's, who are arguably a small market team, did the same in regards to with Andrew Chafin. So the 100, I'm good with. The 180, oh boy, that's danger, 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 danger. Now the illogical thing is, the owners are somehow juxtaposing what we're going to have the rich teams pay to have the 100 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100 and 180 million, and the rich teams are going to pay. How the hell do you even get that? How the hell do you even get that? If a team is told you are required to spend $100 million to be able to continue to have your team, okay, you either ramp it up to $100 million or you sell your damn team, which is what you probably should have done anyway. But if you're, then you're up to $100 million. Okay, fine. How do you determine how much that team should be given back? You see what I'm saying? Uh, you, you get, um, oh, which, let's say Cleveland. Let's say Cleveland. I, I don't know what they usually spend. Let's say Cleveland. Okay, we're, uh, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to spend $102 million this year because we have to spend at least $100. So, okay, we spent $102 million. Where, where, oh, I, I, What's the mathematical formula for how much Cleveland gets back? Do they get like $7 million back or $9 million or $437 million? How do you figure that out and why? They are told they have to be over $100 million. Were they going to be at like $43 million like the Pirates? Pirates, $43 million, whatever the number is. Okay, now we have to spend $100 million. How much are they going to get back? What what's what's the did, what's the logic behind it? What's the it's this number? Why why is it that number? Why would that be the amount that they're getting back? Answers. We're not going to get those answers until the. But it makes no sense. It's completely illogical to say if someone who has to spend a million a hundred million dollars spends a hundred million dollars, they're going to get back an amount from teams who didn't. It makes absolutely no sense. But you know what? Final analysis, once the ink dries, it's not going to be about the Yankees paying the Pittsburgh Pirates $17.4 million and the New York Yankees paying them $11.1 million. It's not going to be about that because if it were just about that, the Yankees and the Dodgers, here's your $11 million. I'm going to go out and kick your ass again. That's what they do. That's what they do. Except it's not 
going to be about that. When I heard the 180 number, 100, 180, 100, 180, two very, very round numbers, 100, 180. It was 100, 180, not um, 97.4, 116.315. No, it wasn't that. It was 100. 180. When I hear numbers that are randomly um, specific, randomly specific, $180 million. How do you come up with 180? Why is it 180, not 184.79831? I get First thing that came to my mind, the punishment's not going to be the cash. The punishment will not be the cash. You know why? Because the Yankees paid it before. The Dodgers paid it before. The Dodgers paid Cole Hamels $1 million to not make a pitch. Do you think it's really going to break the morale or the soul or the anything? The Los Angeles Dodgers. Here you go, Pittsburgh. You get $2.1 million from us. Have a great week. They wouldn't want to do it. They wouldn't want to do it. You know that and I know that. But if that's what it came to, they'd do it. They'd do it. They'd go out and kick their ass again the next week. Because that's what they do. 180 is really specific. And really easy to work with. Here's what I'd do. If I were in the owner's block, which also includes Rob Manfred, in case you haven't guessed that. Here's what I'd do if I were in the owner's block. If you go over $180 million, 180 million, uh, 180 to 190, 180 to 190. If you go over 180, but you're under 190. You lose a third of your international spending and a third round draft pick. Just enough, just enough. So, well, that's not a horrible penalty. It's not a horrible penalty. I may have to think about it. If you go over 190 million, but you're less than 200 million, that third round pick that you lost is now a second round pick. And each step they go over, you keep ratcheting it up. Each $10 million mark, you go up over 180. You lose a draft pick. You lose international spending. Maybe you lose both. And it just keeps getting more severe and more severe and more severe. No one step is toxic. But every step along the way it's socialized socialism baseball
Socialism Baseball. Owners now are treating the 210 mark as a hard salary cap. It's not. It is a it is a spending punishment level. And owners don't want to go over 210 because the spending punishment is enough of a deterrent for almost all of the owners to say, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pay that price. I'd rather tell my executives, stay under the damn number. And if the executives balk and the executive says, actually, I'd rather go win a damn title. Your contract will be up soon. Owners want to limit spending. Owners want to limit spending. Rob Manfred is the perfect lackey for someone who wants to either limit spending or suppress wages. Owners want to limit spending. Wage suppression is one of the ways to do that. Rob Manford loves, loves wage suppression. If someone is referring to this salary cap as, hey, everybody, Major League Baseball owners are agreeing to a salary floor. No, they're not. Zero Major League Baseball owners are agreeing to a salary floor. Zero of them. Not a single one has said, yes, I will unilaterally agree to a salary floor. Not a single one. Now, the Yankees, they just soon see people spend more money. Dodgers. But none of the owners that it's materially important for The Royals' ownership is not saying, yes, I am unilaterally agreeing to a salary floor. Everyone, all the other teams, will be required to spend $100 million. No, the only way they're going to do that is if soak the rich rules come into play. And those evil, rotten, horrible Dodgers that want to win a damn pennant, that want to win a damn title, they're the only team that really seems to care about it this year. Punish them. Punish them and punish them harshly. And while nobody is saying exactly what the punishment levels will be, I would be very surprised, very surprised, very surprised if there are not more international spending punishments or draft punishments. And you can pretty much book solid that very soon the international um, international spending, however, whatever you want to call it. It used to call it J2. I guess we could still call it J2. Um, that's going to be a draft too. That's that. It, it, very soon, it will no longer be a case of 
you go out, you um, try to convince players to sign with your organization. And if they select you, then you get them to sign. Then they're yours. That allows the player far too much um, leeway, far too many rights. And the owners would much prefer to turn the international spectrum into another draft. So that way, instead of going out and trying to barter with players and get the players to think that your organization is the appropriate one for them and these are the things we do and these are how we're going to, this is how we're going to uh, better educate you, better Americanize you and you know, whatever, whatever. These are the things that we're doing to try to get, but that's all going away. That's all going away. One team assigns you, or one team selects you in a draft. You can either sign with them or wait a year. Sign with them or wait a year. And if you wait a year, then, well, you don't get developed for a year. That really sucks for you. Maybe you should have signed with the team that you possibly don't like. But you should have signed with them because then you could have gotten better. Um, this agreement's horseshit. It's horseshit. It is totally led by the owners, obviously, and a whole bunch of writers that want to, let's see, how do I want to phrase this diplomatically? Keep their blue check mark, keep their accreditation with Major League Baseball. Hey, we're going to talk about how this is a really good idea. This is going to be really good because after all, hey, there's a salary floor. A whole bunch of writers, a whole bunch of writers who know that writing is a really shitty gig a lot of the time. They're going to be along for the ride. They're going to be along for the ride and say how good, how sensational, how fantastic of a deal this is and how good and uh, benevolent Rob Manfred is because after all, there is a salary floor and we've long needed a salary floor. No, actually, we don't need a salary floor in baseball. Baseball does not need a salary floor. Perhaps it would be nice if there were a salary floor. But what baseball really needs is to have 30 owners who want to try to fucking win a damn championship. Owners don't care about winning championships. Sitting back letting Rob Manfred sign another deal with some organization that A, you'd never heard of before, or B, is Barstool and you wish you'd never heard of. But hey, as long as the money keeps rolling in, the owners are completely fine with Rob Manfred. Because after all, making money is the important thing. There's going to be a labor stoppage. There's going to be a labor stoppage because there should be a labor stoppage. Owners 
think the money is theirs. And frankly, the players think a bunch of the money ought to go to them. And when you have two forces at work that, well, frankly don't work together, there's going to be problems. There's going to be problems. And I'd love to dwell on them. I'm not going to, though. There's going to be a labor stoppage. And it's going to really suck that for a portion of at least 2022, there will not be Major League Baseball because the owners and the players disagree on whether... Well, there's a whole lot of things they don't agree on. But here at my podcast at Pre-Arb Excellence, as important as Major League Baseball is, as important as it would be for there to be labor peace, labor agreement, all that kind of stuff, I focus more on the pipeline. I focus more on the pipeline. And next year, barring anything really screwy with, I don't know, Delta variant or, yeah, basically Delta variant or whatever the next variant is after that. There's going to be minor league baseball, and there's probably going to be college baseball. And since I focus on the pipeline, since I focus on the pipeline, the dunderheaded owners, the dunderheaded commissioner, who are trying to do a money grab 365 days a year, money grab while players in the minor leagues are sleeping three to a motel room because that's the only way they can have a room. I'm not going to take the owner's side. I know what the owners are doing, and I'll tell you what the owners are going to do, but I'm not going to take their side. I know what they're doing to an extent. I know why they're doing it. I'm going to focus. I'm going to focus on what can the Cubs do to improve their pipeline? What sorts of players ought they to prioritize in the baseball draft next cycle? Are there any ways they can do a couple of things to improve the pipeline in a different fashion? Are there things they can do to get more orange juice out of the orange? When minor league games start next year, and minor league games will start next year because they're not under the Major League Baseball Players Association, I'm going to be paying attention to them, just like I do this year. You give me the option of a Cubs game, or a minor league Cubs game, I'm going to listen to a minor league Cubs game almost every time. There are a couple rare instances where, you know what? These games are done to me. Occasionally that'll happen. You know, you, you get a night 
There's four games. Um, two of them are like losing nine to nothing. One of them got rained out. And the other one, for whatever reason, the audio feed's bad. I'm done here. I don't have to listen. If there's anything I'm going to learn, I will listen. And I will happily listen and I will take notes, at least mentally, and fill you in on what happened. Next year, there very well might not be any Major League Baseball, at least for a decent chunk of the time. And people are starting to understand why, because owners don't want to pay over $180 million in a season on payroll. So you get these players like Chris Bryant, you get players like Javier Baez, you get players like Anthony Rizzo, not them specifically. You get players like that who are telling their executives, their baseball ops guy, I really think I ought to be paid seven years, $34 million. I think that's reasonable. Because after all, look at what I've done. I'm probably going to continue to do well on into the future. And if you give me an extension, if you sign me as a free agent, da-da-da, whatever, I will help you win. That's the way it ought to be. If a player is actually really good, you ought to try to get them to sign an extension. But if all of a sudden teams are limited to $180 million because the general manager, general manager, the baseball ops guy, if he is given a number by the owner, your number is $179.813. I'm not going to let you go over that. Or... If the owner decides, you know what? You can go over the $180 million limit. But the general manager says, you know what? I don't think I want to. Because I don't want to give up the draft picks. I don't want to give up the draft picks. I don't want to give up the international spending space. I, as a baseball ops guy, do not want to spend over $180 million because I don't want to pay that penalty. Either way. It can be either way. It can either be the owner saying you can't go over $180 million because I don't want to pay the fine. I don't want to pay the library fee. Or it can be the owner saying these punishments for going over $180 are too severe. Either one is completely the same to me. Someone who can say yes says no because there's a punishment. Teams that are good at stuff are being told you can't do that anymore. The Cubs were willing to spend internationally quite aggressively. Sorry, you're getting a benefit from doing that. We are not going to allow you to do that anymore. Teams used to spend wherever the hell they wanted on the draft. Sorry, we're not going to allow you to do that anymore. 
free agency, if you go over certain specific markers, we are going to punish you. The 100-180 thing is bullshit. Bullshit, horseshit, either one. And if you are offended by me swearing in this podcast more than I usually do, I'm almost sorry. This is not the way to make baseball better. If the goal was to limit spending, I'm confident there are ways to do it other than completely punishing teams for being good at things. That's what it really seems to be. The last 15 years, last 15 years in baseball, if you're good at something, we're going to punish you for it. We are going to punish you for being good at something. What, what, what is it that as soon as we figure out what you're good at, we're going to punish you for it. You're doing well internationally. We're not going to let you do that anymore. How are you going to do that? We won't let you spend any money. Well, at least we can go out and spend freely in the draft. No, we won't let you do that either. Baseball is a business. Baseball is a business. Baseball as a business is about limiting spending. Period. Fans want players they know on their team. Very, totally, completely understandable. When there are punishments for teams actually wanting to try to win a damn title. It's probably not good for the game. Yes, the Dodgers have an edge when they are willing to spend $200 million and other teams aren't. Or $300 million and other teams aren't. There are probably ways around it, but really owners don't care. Owners don't want to spend any more than they absolutely have to. And in Rob Lackey, they have a fantastic Lackey to limit spending. And that's now become the goal. Limit spending, limit spending, limit spending. If a team wants to aggressively spend, that will be punished. Just like international spending was before, just like drafting... uh, getting a whole bunch of quality players in every draft. If it can be punished, it will be punished. When you're trying to catch up to the NFL, when you're trying to catch up to the NBA, probably not a good idea. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for putting up with me for about an hour. I hadn't planned on going for an hour. But when you have something as horrible as what was proposed today, sometimes I have, sometimes it takes a while. Thanks for sticking with me. Thanks for putting up with the language if the language offends you. 
and be safe, be nice to others, and try to have a nice day.